My name is Charles Dickens. And my name is Rizzo the Rat. Hey, wait a huh? second. You're not Charles Dickens. I am too. No, a blue furry Charles Dickens who hangs out with a rat. Absolutely. Charles Dickens was a 19th century novelist. A genius. Oh, you were too kind. Plus population to Geek Salad episode 137, Christmas Carol by Edmund Wells, the well-known Dutch author. I'm Andy. I'm Andy. And I am the ghost of Christmas yet to come. <laughs> and today, we are going to talk all about uh, Ebenezer Scrooge in popular culture. Or unpopular culture. Oh, uh, yes. Um, all I have to say is... God damn, there's a lot of yes, Christmas yes. Carol. Yes, there are. Yes, there uh, is. Mike printed up how many pages, sir? Uh, 11. Are those double-sided pages? They are. Oh, my. Well, no, there are 11 pages in, on the double side. Oh, okay. So, all right. So, so still, it's 11 pages yeah. of, uh, of of titles and what'd synopsis. What did you do? Print out, print out the Wikipedia page? Yeah. Yes, yeah. he did. He did. Because <laughs> I'm on it, too. I'm like, Jesus. He Christ. does that a lot. Um, yeah. So, but we, it, it would be impossible for us to talk about all of the Christmas carols uh, out there. Oh, ever? Nearly, nearly yeah. yeah. So yeah. we've kind of narrowed it down to the ones that really, really matter. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's some community theater out somewhere doing a Christmas carol right now. Yep, yeah. and speaking of which, any of you guys have experience doing live Christmas carol? You ever performed in Christmas carol? Anyone? No. Okay, I guess I'm the only one then in this room. Yeah, yeah probably. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure I've quoted the Kiss Christmas I mean, Carol a few times. Does that count? Mm. Um, okay. All right, I did it in 92 in college down south. Uh, essentially, the entire Christmas Carol performance was a um, vanity project for our director <laughs> uh, who claims to have written... Uh, I have to just take a brief aside here to say that um, my, my darling wife, Autumn, has given us full Dickensian treats tonight. We've had uh, roasted chestnuts and mulled wine. and Which is delicious. <laughs> Mike is still getting all, all over the uh, taste of burning alcohol. So You hear it, good man. Mm, this is delicious, honey. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway. Very good. Very good indeed. Yep. Okay. The thing I'm missing is... Infectious diseases. Yeah, infectious diseases. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And orphan children. Orphan children. And bed pans out the... Uh, because, I'm <laughs> because I'm Catholic. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, back Maybe to... Maybe sperm is sacred. <laughs> so... <laughs> oh, dear. All right. So let, can we please get back to the ego-driven maniacism that was... The Lewisburg Players Christmas Carol. Oh please. Oh god. Alright, so yes. My um my theater director had claimed to have written a Christmas Carol. And I we would assume that he just meant that he wrote the stage version that and we it, were performing. An adaptation. 
a loving adaptation of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Um, then we found the graphic novel that he lifted word for word and scene for scene from. Really? He stole from a graphic novel. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was Zack Snyder before Zack Snyder oh was Oh my famous. god, this was bad. Um, Zack Snyder did nothing. He's uh, James Cameron. Oh, oh yeah, that's oh, right. Wow. It is James Cameron. Ooh. 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 So, yeah, we've seen that uh, Jim, our, our, our Jim who could not make it tonight, has done Christmas Carol twice. He has. He has. Oh, Jim. Which Christmas? Christmas? Well, when he was he played Fred in one where he was. Was this like in high school or just? No, no, actually, was one of recent... was about what fifteen years ago. It was two thousand one. It was right after um, we did Fiddler on the Roof. A fairly recent. Jim uh, played Fred, Scrooge's nephew. Yep. Uh, so it was two thousand one. So Jim had just turned thirty years old. His wife was, uh, I think, a sprightly sixteen. <laughs> so for at least a good year, we referred to her as his child bride. <laughs> and then um, he did it again where he finally got to play Bob Cratchit amongst a lot of screaming if I saw him as Bob Cratchit I'd scream too no no there's Jim is the only person who was kind of underplaying his role uh, because everybody else was essentially screaming at each other the entire two hours <laughs> of the performance you are the ghost of Christmas present don't you yes <laughs> So, yeah. Oh, and one other thing about the version I was in, again, because it was a vanity-driven project where um, our director also starred as Scrooge. Um, <laughs> no, shocking. And he cast mostly, like, townspeople, not college students, townspeople to play most of the major parts. Most of us were just relegated to walking across stage, like, in opposite directions and going, Eh, Scrooge! And then walking off, so... <laughs> Which I bet you performed masterfully. I did, considering that he kept <laughs> giving me notes on my on my English accent. And um, one of the women who worked in like the um, the, uh, the career center in the school was like, "Your accent was flawless." My husband's from England, and he thought your accent was the best one. I'm like, I kept getting notes on that thing. I was gonna say, yeah, as an Anglophile, I'm, I'm sure that must have just torqued you up. Don't you tell me how to pronounce Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's move on to some of our choices here. Now, the first one, um, um, a friend of ours, uh, Brian Schiff, actually brought up that we absolutely need to discuss, at least bring up in the conversation, the 1951 Christmas Carol with Alistair Sim. Ah, Mr. Scrooge. Your servant, sir. Are you off home to keep Christmas? I am not in the habit of keeping Christmas, sir. Then why are you leaving so early? Because, sir, Christmas is a habit of keeping men from doing business. Come, it's the nature of things that ants toil and grasshoppers sing and play, Mr. Scrooge. An ant is what it is, and a grasshopper is what it is, and Christmas, sir, is a humbug. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's... it's, it's uh, I mean, I'm reading on it, and according to the New York Times film critic, A.O. Scott, he says that's that's the best adapt movie adaptation of the Dickens uh, yeah that's classic it's pretty consider, much it's considered a, it is considered a classic I mean I I remember watching it when I was pretty young and it is that is I mean I, I think that kind of lays the template for what a Christmas Carol movie should it's, look it's like. a faithful adaptation I, I'm not gonna say it's the best one I'm seeing. right no I mean I know I know which my favorite favorite one uh -huh. so. yeah well I'm sure we'll bring that up in just a little bit yeah. otherwise you're slacked on your assignment today yeah. um. And mostly, like, mostly, I remember when I was working at Suncoast, 
this one sold a lot to like my parents' generation. This is the one that they grew up with. Right. Yeah. So um I I've seen this once or twice, not not in a very, very long time. Um but you know it's it's well made. It's very earnest. Very, very British. Yes, it is very British. So um yeah, no, it's I really don't have much to say about it because there's not a whole lot to say about it. It just sticks with the entire story from beginning to end. Yeah. Everybody looks good. Special effects don't look horrible. Yeah. Well, especially for 1951. 1951, no. exactly. You know, especially in post-war Britain, mm. which is still recovering, mm. still recovering from, you know, the the ravages of the war. So. Yeah. Yeah. But this is yeah. Again, you're right. This is widely considered the best ad- straight adaptation. Yeah, it's straight after. Yeah, if, if you know, word for word, closest to the original source material. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So shall but we then, move on? No, but the one picks. Moving on. That in for Cat Catherine. So. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's a good version. <laughs> All right. So moving on. 1962, the animated Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. Crunch it! You had your call for the day, and there will be no more. Beg, begging your pardon, sir. I simply thought so, since it is Christmas Eve. Since it is Christmas Eve, this would be a disastrous time for you, Cratchit, to find yourself without a position. Oh, no, sir. Yes, sir, you're absolutely right, sir. Forgive me, sir. If you spent more time tending to your job, you wouldn't have time to feel the cold. Ah, blasted help situation. You'd be wanting a feather bed and tea service night. I don't think I've ever seen this one. How did you grow up in the yeah, not, 80s and not, not see this one? You've never seen it either, have you? Okay. I mean, ha! No, I've seen it. Well, we found out. No. Just as a quick aside on, on movies that, you know, your TV specials you expect that some that someone would have seen and hadn't. Um, this weekend, we watched A Year Without a Santa Claus uh, with my kids. And Autumn had seen never it? seen it. And I'm trying to figure out, how could you have never seen it? Wow. Then I realized... Her formative years were in the 80s when it was banned from television during the Satanic oh, Panic. Oh, that's right. Aha! Yes. No, year without Santa Claus. Heat Miser. Heat Miser. I've never seen that one all the way through. Oh, good lord. Okay. I've seen, you know, bits and pieces. But, but that's about Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol was a Channel 56 staple. Cla- it was. This was every Saturday, like, with the beginning of Advent. Moving on every Saturday every or Saturday, Sunday, you could set your clock. You it. could set your clock at like five p.m. It's like this, I knew I knew what time I needed to take my shower for, before, <laughs> so I could watch. So I could watch it. Um, this is one of those things that you know, much with most of the Mr. Magoo performs in a stage play versions, where he's completely blind, doddering old fool at the very, very beginning. Imagine he gets his sight while he's performing. <laughs> And then, um, lose it again at the end. (laughs) Uh, This is actually, it's an interesting version because it's made for kids, but, you know, adults can still enjoy it. It's very, very earnest. The songs are okay. I mean, the only... It's a musical version. It is is a musical version. Because that's the only way that I know to include and razzleberry dressing. (laughs) No. No, I'm not, no, nothing. Curling your lip in disgust at me. <laughs> not disgust, contempt. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna go with that one. <laughs> I'm trying to think what version. There, there is a DVD series 
of like you know the 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 holiday gift pack. This is in, and I don't know which one it is. It's not the one we just bought that we introduced the kids to a year and my wife to a year without a Santa Claus. Now the only the only uh, gift pack that I've got is uh, the one with um, Rudolph Frosty, Rudolph. Santa Claus coming down, Little Drummer Boy. Yeah, the big four. Yeah, well, and, I, I never watched Little Drummer Boy because because Little, little Drummer, Drummer Boy. Boy. <laughs> 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 this is you, little brat. <laughs> I heard an acapella version of that. I'm like, how the hell do you do a version of Little Drummer Boy without the drums? Beatbox. Seriously? No, it wasn't even a beatbox. Oh, it was okay. just... <laughs> it's harmonies and no drums. Because, as my wife likes to say, the last thing a woman who just gave birth needs to hear is some kid wailing on a snare drum. <laughs> Behold, our savior... <laughs> Rim shot. He just goes right into like the whole drum solo in uh, Tom Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> this is our saver. <laughs> no, that wasn't a joke. Oh. oh, all right. I'm out. Oh God, this is gonna be our shortest episode ever if we haven't. If you guys have, like haven't seen some of these staples here. <laughs> She's Scrooge. You all right now? 1970 Scrooge. With Albert Finney as Ebenezer Scrooge. I haven't seen it, but I kind of want to, because Al Guinness plays Marley, Marley's ghost. Yes, he does. He does. Now, this was filmed... Oh, uh, see, so, so him being Obi-Wan... Foreshadowing! Obi him playing Obi-Wan wasn't his first, his first sellout. <laughs> All right, this one, I remember, this is another Channel 56 classic for the K during um during the Christmas you know season. They played this one at least twice on, like, a Sunday afternoon. I also want to re-edit this movie, and instead of every scene with Al Guinness as the Marley's ghost, no. they put in the Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's ghost. No, I, haven't <laughs> I haven't seen this, but according to Wikipedia, this is a musical adaptation. It is. Did Alex sing? No. Did Sir Alex oh, sing? Oh, God. I, I saw this, like, we watched this about ten years ago because I remember it being better than it actually is. <laughs> um, well, we had just finished watching Oliver, and this essentially took all the sets and costumes from Oliver and just repurposed them for this. And extras. And extras, too. I recognized at least two small boys who were in Oliver. Who were <laughs> Are you sure this was a film and not a BBC special? Oh, God. It's just, just keep the cameras rolling. <laughs> right, exactly. Um... Please, sir. Yeah, this is just this is another one of those huge British ensemble pieces where every you know, like with the exception of like Albert Finney well, and I mean, Alec Guinness, most everybody was like probably royalty in England and never. Most most British act. I mean, a lot of a lot of the British film industry was kind of very insular, I guess. Yeah, in the seventies. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just trying. To, let me just pull that up real quick on. Which British actors actually appeared in this movie? All right, there we are. Christmas Carol, Scrooge. Can you sing the song? Which which song? The one song anybody ever remembers. I I hate life. Life hates me. Oh, okay, there's two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like life. Life likes me. Life and I fairly fully agree. Life is fine. Life is good. Especially mine, which is just as it should be. I like pouring the wine, and why not? Life's 
a pleasure that I deny not. We used to, we used to like when we, when Jim and I would watch it as, as small children and watch it. Uh, usually, like the follow up to the like I like life, like plays me something, something, and drink my pee, which is essentially what we just turned it into because we were because bored we were children. Yes, because we were super mature in third grade. Edith Evans was the ghost of Christmas past. Kenneth, Kenneth Moore, Moore the ghost of Christmas present. All right. Um, um, David Collings was Bob Cratchit. These these all look like British superstar names. Edith Evans was a stage actress in like the forties. Right. Mary Peach, wow, that's Patty knowledge. Stone. That's deep knowledge right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most of these people are all, like, probably British royalty. With the exception of the guy who would go on to play Obi-Wan Kenobi and um, <laughs> the guy who was Tom Jones. Daddy Warbucks. Daddy, oh, sorry. Daddy Warbucks. He actually doesn't have a bad voice. But, yes. Yeah, it's a, um, I just, I just remember, like, having so many, like, lovely feelings of this movie. This was one we'd sell all the time at Suncoast, too. It was, like, one of those $15 clamshell, yeah. you know, yeah. buy a gross room for Christmas-type movies. But I hadn't seen it in forever. And then we watched it, and I'm just like, this can't be this bad. <laughs> yes? No, no, you, 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 you discovered something. No, no, no. I was reacting oh. to your comment. Okay. I'm sorry. No, just don't let it happen again or tow the workhouse with you. <laughs> Drink more wine. Yeah. Please, sir, may I have some more? <laughs> um, alright, so next up on our list, and I, I'm, you know, well, like I said before, we're probably going to be scrolling through an awful, awful lot of stuff that we're going to skip over a whole bunch of stuff, but it's just not the stuff that I kind of feel merits. Well, I mean, there's just, it's so much out there about, I mean, it, it, a year doesn't go by where you don't see some new adaptation. Oh, wait till Mike gets into the, the all the very special Christmas episodes of oh, shows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With that. Oh. Jeepers Creepers. So. No, I don't think they ever do one. No, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> That'd be a really interesting uh, version. <laughs> so, um, Another version of A Christmas Carol. Uh, we discussed this three years ago on our Rankin and Bass episode, 1978. Uh, 1978's The Stingiest Man in Town, which uses the word stingy more than they use the word the in the entire. <laughs> <laughs> Walter Matthau is Scrooge. And Tom Bosley is Humbug. Humbug. Sure. Perhaps his name was Bah Humbug. Um, yeah, yeah, why not? You know. Yeah, it's if you want something grump, someone grumpy, you got it. Might as well go with Walter Matthau. With with Christmas Carol, you need you need at least two good running hours to tell. Oh, at least, yeah, half to hour. To tell a concise story. Half uh, hour animation. This was an hour. This was, oh, that, yeah, you know, yeah. this was an hour with commercials, uh, 1970s commercials. So, uh, so about minutes. 39 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> 39, 45 minutes. Oh, hey, uh, Disney got away with it. Yeah. No. Yeah, but Disney, Disney did something a little different, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, this was back to when Rankin and Bass just gave up on life. <laughs> uh, this, yeah, this was this was towards the sunset of their... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, when was, when was Rudolph? Rudolph, Rudolph was 62 or 3. Yeah. 
So yeah, they, they've been doing it for. They've been doing it for a long, long time. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. I mean, you forget some big producers. So. And you're forgetting all the commercial work they did before. You know. So we're running out of ideas. What are we, what are we doing next? Um, Christmas Carol. Sure. Yeah. Why not? The Hobbit. No. 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 <laughs> Actually, that was the same year. <laughs> All right. Oh, good lord! This is just we're really see we're making up for that two hour and fifteen minute episode we had last time. <laughs> last time. Yeah. This is that was going to come in a cool hour. I am cool with that. I'm editing this. Yeah, one. you're doing this one. <laughs> Damn it, Mike. All right. So anyway, um, the next one here, 1979, Rich Little's Christmas Carol. I don't remember. I, I mean, when you said. I misread that at first, and I thought you were talking like Richie Rich. Oh. And I'm like, no, oh, Rich Little, the comedian. I'm like, he had a Christmas Carol. Joe, the 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 tone of your voice when you said comedian sounds to me like air quotes. Yeah, <laughs> because it's true. It is. It is air quotes. This was filmed on videotape for HBO. The first year I had HBO, this was on constantly at Christmas time. So I must have watched this thing like 15 times, and at the time I thought it was funny because I was a stupid fucking 10-year-old. <laughs> um, yeah, that loop. Yeah, I mean, it's an hour-long special where Rich Little plays a whole bunch of primarily dead-at-the-time um, celebrities. Yep. Like, he, like Scrooge's W.C. Fields, and... Um, Oh, he's really breaking new ground here, aren't he? Yep, Paul Lind is... Uh, oh my god, Paul. Paul Lind is Bob Cratchit. Truman Capote is Tiny Tim. And, <laughs> you know, the gay jokes just write themselves. Oh, they do. Oh, good I lord. I really want you to take my question, especially, especially in the late 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Bogart shows up as one of the ghosts. <laughs> but again, this is a guy who does impressions that sound like someone doing an impression right. of, a, yeah. of a celebrity. Yeah. So... You know, they, so essentially the entire Bogart thing is sweethearts and... Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know. um, if you get the chance, so you need to watch it just based on pure awfulness. <laughs> yeah, like 15 times the, the year we got cable. It, there was not a whole lot on. Yeah. So no, there's only like HBO and... It was just HBO. We didn't have HBO then. Cinemax, maybe, I think. I don't know. Um, I know there were no, two. No, it was HBO and Showtime. Was like the only two well, cable when cable came to our town, we had the option of getting Cinemax and the Moo Channel and Showtime. Um, and we just got HBO. And, yeah. So, they played Richelieu's Christmas Carol. Because he was on their roster, I guess. No, it was just one of those things. It was one of their original programs, so they didn't have to keep paying for exactly. re-airing rights or anything. Okay. All right. Now here's one everybody can enjoy, 1983's Mickey's Christmas Carol. And what are you doing here, nephew? I've come to give you a wish and invite you to Christmas dinner. Well, I suppose you're going to have plump goose with chestnut dressing? Yep. And will you have plum pudding and lemon sauce? Yeah, boy, oh boy. And candied fruits with spiced sugar cakes? Yeah, will you talk? Are you daft, man? You know I can't eat that stuff. Here's your wreath back. Now out, out, out! <laughs> bah! Humbug. This was 
was my first exposure to. Uh, yeah, this Christmas is one of my Carol. first exposures to it. I had definitely had exposures before that, but I think this is, and Mike, you can feel free to look up the trivia on this. I believe this is the last time that a short film with Mickey Mouse won an Oscar. Hmm. Did he win an Oscar? Double check that. Yeah, this one, um, you know, short animated short Oscar. Huh. Hmm. Looking these steps. This is like, this is, and the funny thing is too, when you think about this, this isn't Mickey's Christmas Carol. This is Scrooge McDuck's Christmas, Christmas Carol. Carol. Yeah. Complete with, you know. Because Mickey, Mickey was just like really kind of a. He was Bob Cratchit in this. Yeah. Right. Well, he was really a, a very much a secondary character. He was. Um, considering that it's Scrooge McDuck. Who are they, who are the spirits? Uh, Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy Cricket. Oh, Jiminy Cricket was Christmas the past. Present was the giant from uh, Jack and the Giant Killer. That's right. And then um, future, future was Pete. Pete. Yeah. Like Pete. Yeah. Well, you are Ebenezer, the richest man in the cemetery. That's my only problem with this one is... Hey, you don't like playing with Pete? Yeah, no, no, they let him I, talk. I, I love uh, Pete. It's just the fact that they made the Ghostly Feet Christmas Future talk. Right, yeah. He he doesn't talk. I, I know that that's the thing, but... You can't have Peglet Pete. Yeah, I know. Being quiet. I, I, no, yeah. but the other thing too is that is an incredibly clever line. Yes. That doesn't. I don't. I'm amazed no one's ever like recycled that one out. Because it. Well, first of all, you know, it's never sat right with me during the whole Christmas Carol, like the whole story that when he's looking at the future, it's like, well, I'm dead, and if I'm nice, I'll still be dead. I'll still be dead. Yeah, exactly. It's almost but, like he's just worried about what people are saying about him. Well, that well, that's really kind of the point. It's like, do you want to leave? What do you want to leave this world? Right. You know, when you when you get buried, do you want to be buried with nobody there, or do you want, you know, people celebrating your life? Right. Hmm. Yes. Um, this one was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Animated Short, uh, but in 1984, but lost to Sunday in New York. Really? Okay. Sunday, as in Sunday Ice Cream Sunday. Okay. Um. It was the first nomination for a Mickey Mouse short since Mickey and the Seal in 1948. It was also the only Mickey Mouse short on which John Lasseter was involved as an animator. Really? Ooh, yeah. Wow. I was shocked with that one. <laughs> um. Yeah, I just I really like this one. I mean, this one shows up on Netflix all the time. As and you know what? I'm surprised it doesn't get as much airplay now. I don't see. I mean, I, I don't see a, see a lot of adver, ad, advertising for it on like Disney, Disney XD. Maybe it, it's weird. Yeah. Maybe ABC, ABC, ABC you know, Family. Disney Family. They don't really. I mean, they 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 kind of fit it in as part of their twenty five days of Christmas, you know, programming block. But they don't. When I mean, I remember when I was a kid. Every year. Oh yeah. It was, you know, the magical king. You know, the magical world at Disney every yeah. Sunday. <laughs> Around Christmas time, you knew that this. The and they would, Carol. they would essentially it was an hour long, and they'd throw in two other short, like right. Christmas shorts, yeah. older Christmas shorts. Um, like, like one of the goofy ones, or yeah, one of the Donald ones with his nephews. You yeah. know, actually, this this one had a, like a lot of Disney cameo appearances. Yeah, well, like, that makes sense. Uh, Mr. Though. Toad. Yeah. Was um, um, the Badger and uh, the There's another character from Wind in the Willows that showed up in it. Wasn't Mr. Toad uh, Fezziwig? Yes. yes, yes, he was busy with. Thank you for remembering that. Um, Donald was Fred. Of course. Again, I, I don't understand how he gets the speech. Donald gets the speech impediment. <laughs> and Scrooge doesn't. Right. And Pluto was Marley. Uh, sorry. Uh, Goofy was Marley. Goofy was Marley. Yep. 
You will be visited by three spirits. Listen to them. Do what they say, or your chains will be heavier than mine. Farewell, Ebenezer. first appearance as a fully viable character or was No, no, he was Well, he used to do the well before the, you know, before DuckTales, they used to do a lot of the um comic books. Right. Had Scrooge McDuck in them. You know, essentially he was just rich uncle money bags. Yeah, no, Scrooge Scrooge has been around since like the the 40s and the things. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. It was created in 1947. Okay. Cuz I I cuz I I I remember when I, I saw Mickey's Christmas uh, Christmas Carol around eighty four, eighty five, and it wasn't short. It was shortly after that when Ducktales came out, and yeah, see, this, and um, yeah, ever since until until he just passed away, Alan Young's been doing Scrooge. Really? Yep. That's interesting. Uh, um, Wilbur from uh, Mr. Ed. Oh yeah! Oh really? Yeah, he, he was he was the voice of Scrooge McDuck okay. from I think that point on until he just died. Hmm. He did all the way through Ducktales. Wow, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is definitely if you've never seen it before, it's definitely one to show the kids, except for the little ones, because the scene of Scrooge being thrown into hell. Yeah, from yeah, Pete that, is that. That was kind of really so damn terrifying. That's a little intense. In fact, I remember when this was released, they actually put in the rating contained scenes that may be scary for younger children. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can buy that. That's something I I've only read the book once, and I don't remember. If in the book, when Scrooge looks into the grave, is it actually hell or is it just nothingness? Because it seems like a lot of productions make it you're going to hell. Right. I don't. I don't think he. I, I, I think, think he. I think he just saw his gravestone. Right. I don't think there was anything more than that. Yeah, been, I mean, it's been so long since I read the book. It's, it's hard for me to remember, but because I think the book implies that the only like after death punishment he's going to face is dragging around chains like Marley. It's right. Yeah. It doesn't actually stick. Right. But Disney did throw that in. Yeah. And yeah, it scared the heck out. Of <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Well, come on. Disney never traumatizes kids. Come <laughs> on. We dedicated an entire episode to that five <laughs> yeah. years ago. So. One of my favorite episodes. Too. Yeah. Um, actually, it's funny, too, now that you mentioned about like when they used to air this on television and package it with two others, they would have a thing where they'd show like this little scene about you know all the characters getting together and telling the story of A Christmas Carol. Yeah. And it's Mickey saying this whole thing. He's like, oh, we decided to call it Mickey's Christmas Carol. Why? <laughs> She'd be Scrooge McDuck's Christmas Carol. Exactly. Cow. Mickey's Christmas Carol. You're, you bootlicks. Because <laughs> Mickey funds the cash. Exactly. <laughs> He's the mouse that runs the house. That's yeah. right. And thank you for Star Wars. Thank you for Star Wars. Thank you for Star Wars. We buy. We thank you for Marvel. We bow before you, Mickey. Doesn't it also seem weird, though, that Scrooge McDuck, a duck, is willing to go and buy the Mouse family a giant turkey for Christmas Day. 
we don't. Oh, think, we don't think about those cannibalistic. <laughs> You're right. Well, I, I thought that was obvious. It was a tofurkey. Tofurkey. Well, considering that it's not a turducken. <laughs> considering that that Mickey has a best friend who's a dog and, and I, a dog is a pet. I thought it was a goose. A Christmas d- goose. Does it really I matter? I believe it's a turkey. It's but it's a fowl. it's a fowl. It's a fowl. <laughs> Which doesn't seem like Scrooge McDuck should be buying for other people to eat. Well, you know the turkeys and the ducks. They, a, get into, they get into this whole kind of war thing. He brings know. a big roast beef, and there's Clarabelle. This is one like <laughs> solitary tear running down her. <laughs> Wait a second. Wasn't wasn't there a goose also a goose character in the? In the yeah, I'm sure that there was. I'm sure, there were. <laughs> You never see them anywhere. Why? Because they gave them to Mickey for Christmas. They They're gave him the ratchets. <laughs> All right. Next up, Clara. It's what's for dinner. <laughs> next up. Now, this is my personal favorite rendition of A Christmas Carol from TV. 1984's George C. Scott's A Christmas Carol. Oh, I, it's all I, right. I vaguely remember this. It's all right. I remember this one being the one that real like this. They gave this a full three the, hours of TV time. The, the problem with this, and if I, when I do remember, the problem with, that I had with this was that the only, every time I think of George C. Scott, I only think of Patton. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> so I'm like, you're an army brat. Of course, you only think of Patton. So I'm half expecting. I was half expecting a screw. He's going to, like, unfurl a British flag. And he's going to, like, walk out. Now, crash it. I want you to get in there and do what you did for your country. And now, slap, when you stick your slap, hand into his, a pile of figgy pudding that used to be your best friend's face. And slap his nephew around. But Uncle Scrooge. <laughs> This is the first one, though, that ever showed me um, ignorance and want. The characters from, that are underneath um, Ghost of Christmas Presents' uh, robe. Oh, okay. What are they? They are your children. They are the children of all who walk the earth unseen. Their names are ignorance and want. Beware of them. But upon their brow... Is written the word doom. They spell the downfall of you and all who deny their existence. Having no refuge, no resource. Are there no workhouses? Are there no prisons? Uh, before that, and even looking at all this, I don't think they're ever mentioned in any of these. Uh, that I, we've discussed. I think they were included in the Stingiest Man in Town. I don't think they were. I'm fairly sure. You never watched the Stingiest Man in Town. <laughs> you're, just throwing that, you're just pulling that out of your ass. Last time I watched the Stingiest Man in Town was when we did the Rankin and Bash show three years ago. <laughs> and I was still being heavily medicated on Oxycontin at the time. I'm fairly certain I'd remember that if they were there. <laughs> so, um... I just like this one because it's just it's it's dirty Dickensian England, you know. Christmas Patton, the, 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 the most accurate portrayal of Victorian England. Yeah, exactly. But the other thing too is that it's not a lot of Edwardian. Victorian. Victorian. Is yeah, yeah Victorian. Victorian. They're not very clear about what year it takes place. Right. I think it's supposed to be like the eighteen. 
thought it was like eight, early thirties. Yeah. Yeah. So what we very beginning of Victoria. Yeah. Well, when was the book originally written? It was like 1870? 1860, no. somewhere around there? No. I don't know. Wikipedia to the rescue. Um, yeah, that's the thing, is that we just assume that it, it takes place in the modern era that it was written in. Right. Which was Victorian. 1843. 1843. Okay, oh, yeah, that sounds weird. about right. Yeah. December 19th, 1843. So and, it, and a good production, when you see the cast, when you see, like, Fezziwig Ball, the costumes are going to be completely different because they're actually, like, wearing what we consider to be colonial revolutionary. Right. You know, with right the bridges yeah. and the tricorns and not the... And not, like... Not the Victorian bonnets that we think of. Which they do anyway. Mm. No, because I mean, bad productions. In the powdered wigs. <laughs> actually, I'm, I'm going to keep my eye on that. Because we are going, uh, next week, we're actually going to go see a live stage version of A Christmas Carol in Worcester. Uh, so I'm going to keep my eye on that. You too. Oh, I will. Oh, I'm sure you well, will. The, well, the thing is, is like when you think the Kensington, you're thinking like industrial England. Yeah. You know, very heavy industrial England, very dirty, very... Coal ashen children, yeah. and it's like you can literally smell the horse shit in the roads. Yeah, that you're kind thinking of... like 1880s, right? Like this is, this I'm is thinking early. Sherlock Holmes era, right? Yeah, you know. no, this, this is early. But that, but that's the problem, though. It's a, a lot of the a lot of the popular culture renditions of the Keynesian stories take make them take place. They kind of force them into the industrial area because that's when a lot of a lot of people think, well, that's when England was really shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you think of Dickens, you think of uh, um, Oliver Oliver Twist. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, a workhouse, so that's when you automatically kind of put in that kind of more Edwardian. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of that scene from Monty Python's Meaning of Life of Protestants with the Catholics. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, you have to remember that Scrooge is supposed to be, God, minimum 60 years old, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean... Unless he's just aged poorly. He's like a strapping 40-year-old. That... Whatever era you said it in, the flashback to him being like a teenager or a 20-year-old is going to have different... It's going to look like Poldark. Di- yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the Poldark bandwagon, Joe. I've been forced onto it. Yep, exactly. Now you know how shitty it is to run a, a, a mine. <laughs> Ebenezer had looked like Ross. He would have had more choices than just. Well, apparently yeah. he did. Uh, he apparently he did look like Ross. Because I mean, he he had his 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 beauty that he let go. I'm sorry, I've heard of Poldark before, but I, whenever I hear that title, I'm just thinking of a porno. P O L E dark. What's your name? Um. Poldark. Bounce, bounce, bounce. Move it on. Should they pronounce Poldark? Poldark, yes. Ross. I am never going to watch The Hobbit the same way. No, no. In fact, we didn't. Just totally off track here. We watched the extended versions of The Hobbit last year. We had just finished the first season of Poldark. And just seeing, what's his name, Aiden? Um, Turner. Aiden oh, yeah. Turner. In, like, no, first of all, just talking out of costume, and then going back as uh, Keeley. Yeah, it's just like oh, that's right, it's yeah. Ross. Well, I, I had the same expression when I when I first saw the movie because I'd seen him in um, Being Human. Oh yeah, the original well, yeah, BBC right. version of Being Human. 
Well, my thing is, though, when we watch Poldark, and then you get in the mine, it's like, they dug too deep and too greedily. <laughs> the dwarves and mines are a bad company. Yeah. <laughs> so shouldn't they're just digging for tin? Or copper. Copper. All right. Well, I guess you guys are going to randomize George E. Scott Parade, so let's move on to the next one. Yep. Oh, one, I'm sure... Please tell me you've seen this, Joe. Yes, I've seen it. Mike, you've seen, seen it, right? I've seen Black Adder. No, Autumn's seen it. I watch it because for Autumn and I, it's an annual classic. 1988's Black Adder Christmas Carol. I've been helping out with the workhouse nativity play. Of course. How did it go? Well, not very well. At the last moment, the baby playing Jesus died. What did you do? Got another Jesus. Oh, thank goodness. And his name? Spot. <laughs> There weren't any more children, so we had to settle for a dog instead. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, it went all right till the shepherds came on. See, we hadn't been able to get any real sheep, so we had to stick some wool... ..on some other dogs. Yeah, and the moment Jesus got a whiff of them, he's away! <laughs> While the angels sing in peace on earth, goodwill to mankind, Jesus scampers across and tries to get one of the sheep to give him a piggyback ride. And he can quote every single uh, Yes, oh, and sure we do. Um, yeah. Every year. There is so much in this thing that you can quote. Um, now, did, they, did they make this one before or after uh, Black Adder Goes Forth? This was, I believe, after Black Adder Goes Forth. I think it was 87 that they did Goes Forth. This was done as, like, the prerequisite BBC Christmas special. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And it was just Black Adder's turn to do it. Yeah. And oh my god, it's great because it's a it's a perfect reversal oh, yeah. of the story where instead of it being the the meanest man in England, he's the kindest, loveliest man in all of London. <laughs> and what, who was it that played um the ghost? Um, the oh the ghost of oh, ghost of uh, yeah, Christmas. Uh, that's uh, Robbie Coltrane. Yes, that's right. Who looks Proto Hagrid? Proto Hagrid. Yeah, Hagrid he looks like right. Hagrid in the movie. Oh yes, he does. So. Yeah, anytime we have any type of, like, whiskeys or anything like that, it's like, you wouldn't have to have anything more uh, medicinal. But I do have some of Nurse McCready's surgical bruise lotion. Oh, nothing but the best at this place. <laughs> Delicious. I can watch it again. Oh, my God. There were just so many, even when he's the nice Scrooge, he's, um, you know, he's still making fun of fat people. Yeah. Yeah. Mrs. Scratchit, Tiny Tom is 15 stone and jumped like a brick privy. If he eats any more heartily, he will turn into a pie shop. I must admit, I had to remove all sharp objects from my pocket for fear of bursting one of them and being showered in a half a dozen semi-digested pies. <laughs> I'm just so glad that they got back, um, uh, what's her name, to playing the queen. Oh, God. Oh, Miranda, Richardson. Miranda Richardson, thank you. She played the best Queen Elizabeth. Oh, that's something that I always hear at Christmas time anyway. <laughs> Go ahead, honey. I want a Prezi. Give me something nice and shiny. If you don't, I've got something shiny for you with a golden axe. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of scary how accurate yeah, that, that was. <laughs> Like like I said, every Christmas for the last 17 years. That's all part of my subtle plan. I didn't notice the subtle plan. You wouldn't notice the subtle plan if it painted itself purple and it has Nick at the top of Obstacle and singing Subtle Plans I Hear Again. That was my first introduction to Hugh Laurie. Yes. 
Yeah, look, that's right. That's Prince George. Yeah, Prince so George. Funny. Georgie Porgy. That's Prince. For people who only know him from House, to go and watch Blackadder's Christmas Carol. It's oh, it's let me guess. It's an exceptionally attractive fellow with a hair perched on top of his head like an especially attractive loaf of bread. <laughs> He had, and he had Stephen Fry doing his best. Uh, oh, milk trick? Yep. Yeah, milk <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, I love milk chit. You cannot forget Jim Broadbent. Oh, Jim Broadbent. Broadbent. Oh, Broadbent. As Albert. As Albert. <laughs> the I dumbest German in town. <laughs> I detect from your accent, so you're not from these parts. No. Um, nine. I am from, from Glasgow. Oh, lovely country. I love the gobbles. Oh, the gobbles. Yes, lovely couple. Lots of fun. <laughs> I mean... <coughs> yeah, there's so much funny stuff. In this and then when he goes mean, is great. <laughs> there's just so many different... You can take that and cram it up your... I crab it up his muscular backside. I want a turkey so large you'd swear its mother been Roger by an omnibus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a party and no one is invited but me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was it was brilliant. Oh, it's been so long. I was like, I gotta watch it again. It's been so long. That been too long. might be on Netflix, Joe. Oh, I hope so. I think it is. I guarantee if it's not, it's on YouTube. Oh, yeah. We also own the DVD. We do own the DVD. Yes, which I have to find where it is. If we don't load it to my mother. It's entirely possible. All right. Another one I'm assuming we've all seen and can discuss it great Oh, it's one of my favorites of all time. 1988 Scrooged. You, you know who loves Mary Lou Retton Frank? My kids. Yeah. Children. Love, an acrobat. Oh, God. We have spent $40 million on a live TV show. You guys have got an ad with America's favorite old fart reading a book in front of a fireplace. Now, I have to kill all of you. In my opinion, the best film adaptation of the uh, the Christmas Carol story. I like this one it's a lot. It's up there for me. It is. It is in my top three. I like this one a lot. It, with the very, and I, I've made this opinion known on several occasions, with the exception of the very, very end, like the last ten minutes of the narrative storytelling of this movie. Mm -hmm. This is a funny movie. <coughs> it gets the point across well. It uses its guest stars really, really well. That last ten minutes, where it devolves into the writer's room ran out of blow, and it's just like, all right, just let him vamp. Well, no, that's when it gets meaningful. Okay. Thank you for being so positive about this. Michael the only version I know of where Scrooge finds love in the end. That's true. Yeah. That's well, true. And it's with, with, with the 1980s Karen Allen, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. That's the only <laughs> version of Scrooge where he's, like... Young. Young, ish. yep. Yeah, no, the entire thing takes place over the course of, what, 30 years? And that starts at his childhood. When he wants a uh, toy train, but his dad gave him, like, five pounds of veal instead. 
By the way, that was played by his brother. Yeah. Brian Doyle Murray. Yeah. Actually, both his brothers. Both, yeah. His brother, his other brother, played his brother in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. I gotta say, what that movie did for me the first time I saw it, I yeah. was pretty young, and and that was the first time I think I'd been exposed to the concept of cremation. Oh. And scared the hell. Oh, that out. was that oh, was yeah. scary. That was, that scary. was scary. That was very scary. That was really scary. Honestly, that part didn't scare me as much though as when Marley. Put him out, out, held him outside the, uh, or whatever his name was, held him outside the the window, and his, yep, arm, his arm like breaking. split off. Oh, that part when he was like peeling the skin off the that that part freaked me out more than the part. Hmm. You're right. I think that might. I don't know. I mean, both things really terrified me. Then I realized that they shut to buy a casket if you get cremated. So. Really, it's just not a movie for ten year olds. No, no, no I'm I mean, not. I, that was. That was 13. We're saving that one for our child. Yeah. I was 13 when I first saw it. So. Were you 13? No, it came out in 80. Oh, okay, 80, you, all right. Uh, uh, no, was... You're a year younger than me. 15. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I was going to say, I was 16 when it came out. <coughs> um, Catherine, Catherine wanted us to mention that... Um, that Alfred uh, Woodard, yeah. who plays his secretary in that, um, was also in Luke Cage and in Civil War. Yeah. That's right. Playing two separate characters. Wait, wait, who she, she was the mother. She was the mother she, that she was in the movie. And that's the, oh, Catherine yeah. said her only. She didn't feel so bad about not not coming tonight because her really only contribution to the conversation was be that Alfred Woodard um, was in Scrooge and in Luke Cage. Okay. So I felt we needed to mention that. Okay. I wanted to kill her so bad to be in Luke Cage. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. She I thought you were talking about Catherine for a second. Oh no. All right. No. Come on. No. Come on. We love Catherine. Yes, we but do. um. John yeah. Murray. But yeah, no, this John this, Murray is his brother's brother. Okay. This one too, I mean this has got a great Danny Elfman soundtrack to it. Carol Kane. Oh, oh God. it's a ghost of Christmas present. Alright. Sometimes you have to slap somebody to get their attention. Oh, sometimes the truth is painful, Frank. Uh -huh. But it's made your cheeks all rosy and your eyes bright as stars. If you touch me again. I'm going to rip your goddamn wings off, okay? Oh, you know I like the rough stuff, don't you think? There is... Now, if you guys want to talk about something that just gives you the absolute willies, you know, in regards to this movie, it has nothing to do with the cremation, it has nothing to do with the tearing tendons. It's the actual legitimate injury that Bill Murray suffered oh, at yeah. the hands of Carol Kane. Carol Kane. When she pulled she's little, this little thing. She pulled his lip down so far that the connective nerve between his lip and his gum line separated, and uh, they had a, they had to like postpone uh, shooting for like a month, oh, so he wow. it could repair. She must have just think about it. just think about that. Did you speak to her for the last? I'm <laughs> sure I, I don't know Bill Murray. I don't doesn't seem to be that kind of guy <laughs> to easily forgive. Yeah, he seems like well, he kind of holds a grudge. How, how long did he hold the grudge with Harold Ramis? No, that's true. Until his untimely death? Pretty much, okay. yeah. At least 30 years. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I just... This is one... I, I enjoy watching this. This might not be an every year. No. no this me. is an every year for me. This is an... I think this might be an every other year. Every other year, yeah. We don't own it on DVD, but it's on, like, every streaming service that yeah, we, we have. So it's on Netflix. It's on HBO uh, Go. Scrooge is on Netflix. Uh, Black Eyed Christmas Carol is not. Ooh! Just shit! 
uh, at least not streaming anyway. You can get maybe a disc, but yeah. Well, go, we should check out YouTube then. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Yeah. All right. Shall we just take a quick break to talk about an ad from our sponsor? Sure. 1989's the Scrooge Honey Nut Cheerio ad, <laughs> where the Honey Nut Cheerio be does in the span of 30 seconds what three ghosts took an entire night to do. Turn Scrooge nice again. Oof. The taste of nuts and honey, Mr. Scrooge. Oh, Better things to do. Oh, Mr. Scrooge, honey nut Cheerios, it's Christmas. My customer grew all for five, thank you. Yeah, but honey nut Cheerios blends golden honey and crunchy nuts. Did you say honey and nuts? I would love some more mulled wine, my dear. Sure, thank you. Jo uh, Mike? I'm good, thank you're you. You're good? I'm impressed. You, you're halfway through it. Yeah. Good job, Mike. Actually, I don't think quite, quite so, because I think it was only filled up this much. You get your big boy drinking pants on tonight. I'm going out I'm a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm picturing uh, Bart Simpson on the toilet. I'm a big boy now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. God damn you, Mike. God damn it. All right. So... Yeah, the Scrooge Honey Nut Cheerio ad. There's nothing to say about this other than 30 seconds. 30 I, seconds. Yeah, 30 I, I remember this one. They, they crammed the whole thing into 30 seconds. No, they didn't even bring any ghosts into it. It's uh, just, you know, humbug. Eat this cereal. Well, I'm nice. This cereal has filled me with the spirit of Christmas. All right, next up, 1990s Quantum Leaps Scrooge episode. This was a Catherine entry. She's yeah. not here tonight, obviously. That's why my wife is filling in for her. But, um, really? I, I'm sure I remember. I'm sure because I, I was a huge uh, Quantum Leap fan in college. I, I never. We, we like, watched it every. We, we, we had a ritual. We watched it every night at midnight when it was on syndication on USA. Okay. We watched it at midnight every night. I, so I'm I sure watched, I watched it, but it, it probably. I, I have watched my share of Quantum Leap episodes. I don't know if this was one of them. But it's not a show I got into, per se. Mm -hmm. Qu so, Quantum Leap pissed me off with the finale so much that I, that I stopped watching it okay. ever again. Fair enough. That's like not me never watching Seinfeld ever again. Actually, Dinosaurs did the same thing for me. Dinosaurs was a that, terrible that show that to begin with. Just, just yeah. my, my admit, Dinosaurs was always a terrible show. No, it was. It was. Yes. That ending just pissed me off. I'm just fierce. Here, see the, um, the finale to Alf? Oh well, well that was. I mean, well, were they send the 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 um the scientists in to pretty much just cut them up? Well, because then they, they did make a made for TV movie that, that finished it. Oh, okay. Like afterwards. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I really don't have much to say. I'm sure that you know it was a quantum leap episode where he just <laughs> hopes that his next leap is we'll the leap the home. Be the leap home. Oh, yeah, I, I found it somewhere. It's on this list somewhere. I just can't find it right now. All right. Well, let's move on to one. Again, we can all discuss. Now, I just want to say this right now, only because I was really hoping Catherine was going to be here to talk about this. All right, everybody. Quiet down. <laughs> Catherine has to talk about the Muppets right now. <laughs> well... If you please, Mr. Scrooge, it's gotten colder. Yeah. And the bookkeeping staff would like to have an extra shovel full of coal for the fire. We can't do the bookkeeping. Yeah. All of our pens have turned to inksicles. Yeah. Our assets are frozen. How would the bookkeepers like to be suddenly... Unemployed! This is my island! 
I believe you've convinced them once again, Mr. Scrooge. <laughs> um, this is the first Muppet anything without the involvement of Jim Henson. I gotta say, though, this is actually one of the more faithful adaptations I, to A Christmas Carol, I dare, oddly enough. Yes, I dare say that when you look at all of the original Muppet movies, we're not counting the, the newer movies, this is probably top three. Hmm. For most people. And your order can go Muppet Movie, uh, Great Muppet Caper, and this. Yeah. And nothing else. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but, I mean, like, as far as, like, just, like, a straight-up adaptation of A Christmas Carol? Yeah. This one's actually pretty spot-on. It, it is. It hits all of the, you know, the traditional notes. It does skip, you know, Ignorance and Want, which most do. But it includes a lot of other points that a lot of others, like, like the whole uh, Fezziwig Christmas pr- Christmas party. Yeah, with Fozziwig. Yeah, includes a lot of facts. Like including like uh like um the other guys that were partners. Right. There with, along with Scrooge. Yeah. Includes those guys, and uh, you don't see them in every single um, version. No, you don't. Um, I mean the whole thing with with Scrooge's father, you know, being nicer and kinder, just to send him right out to you know to the world of yeah. work. Ooh, thank you. Um. Yeah, I mean, the narration is fun. The Gonzo and Rizzo. No, no, no. It's Dickens. It's Dickens. Dickens. I'm Rizzo the Rat, and I'm Charles I'm Dickens. Dickens. No, you're not. Yes, I am. I like Sam the Eagle. Oh. It Sa- is the British way. <laughs> it is the American <laughs> way. <laughs> it is the, the British, British way. way. <laughs> well, young man. You have been apprenticed to a fine company in London. Today, you become a man of business. I'm looking forward to it, Headmaster. Mmm, you will love business. It is the American way. Sam. It's just... Oh, it is the British way. Good. I, I enjoy this, too, because I like the fact that, like, you know, Kermit is Bob Cratchit. Yeah. You know, you know, half half the kids are 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 frogs. Half the kids are pigs. And Tiny Tim is Robin. And Tiny Tim is Robin. Nobody's favorite <laughs> Muppet. Nobody's. Actually, I really like Robin. I don't know. Ask Kathy. I've I've always liked Robin. <laughs> I've always thought he was kind of underappreciated. Okay. As I can tell from my current. Yeah, yeah. From, from your cohorts, yes. your your brothers in arms here, that Robin he's, he is, is the, the scrappy do of Emmett Otter. Is he? You're right, he is. He is the Scrappy-Doo of the Muppets. Oh, God. I'm going to hit you for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but he may be right. No, he's not. The Scrappy-Doo is nobody's favorite. No, I like Robin. Yeah, say, All right. ha! I say to thee, ha! <laughs> um, yeah, no, but you're right, though. This, this definitely does, it, it, it hits all the notes properly. I mean, it does the... The Muppets' irreverence, which I, especially at this time, I like the fact that the, the Muppet movies didn't feel that they needed to hit the gutter at all for comedy. There's nothing really body. There's no fart jokes or anything like that. It's just straight up observational comedy. Yeah, <coughs> and it's kid friendly comedy too. Right. I mean, I thought Michael Caine was a very good Scrooge. I actually really liked the soundtrack this too. Yeah, the majority of the songs I like a lot. I mean, in the the big one like "This Is Christmas," yeah, it feels like Christmas. Yep, I love that song. Like um, they, they they even uh, you even hear it in some of the uh, fireworks displays down around this time down Disney World. Really? Yeah, interesting. 
There's one line in that, though. I always just, I hear the whole thing, and I, I just assume that the lyric is, sitting home and getting drunk by a fire. <laughs> sitting home and getting drunk by a fire. Sitting home and getting warm by the fire. Getting warm. You celebrate Christmas in your way, sir, <laughs> and I'll celebrate it in mine. The mulled wine, yes. <laughs> I'll take another chug. I don't mind if I do. <laughs> um... <laughs> The other thing is the, um, you know, the one more sleep till Christmas. Yeah. I see that more and more on, like, Facebook. And would, would you have a church yeah. that had, like, only 17 more sleeps till Christmas? So, of course, every time I see the sleeps till Christmas, I have to do the Kermit. After all, there's only 38 sleeps till Christmas. How can you not love Marley and Marley? Oh, yes. Ooh. Actually, the- Jacob and Bob Marley, yeah. Robert Marley. That was... <laughs> Oh, you're so clever. Actually, the uh, the one more sleep till Christmas is probably the only song on that one that I'm not I'm not thoroughly enthused about. I mean, when I basically when I make my mix my holiday yeah, mix, yeah, up, it's not on there. That's the one. That's the one of the few ones from this song. Listen, it's a Kermit song that ain't the Rainbow Connection. So let's just. <laughs> I'll give props to Michael Caine for trying. That movie did reveal that he can't sing. No, no, but, but no. He didn't phone it in. He tried. You know what? If the love we found, the love we found. If it was Scrooge, he would be singing exactly as bad as that. So it can it fit for the character. I think. Yeah. Shall we move on to the next abomination here? Yes. All right. Oh boy, this was a Suncoast classic with a K. Nineteen ninety four is a Flintstones Christmas Carol. Oh God. To which I asked the question. Why, sir? Why? How in the hell can you have a Christmas carol that takes place prior to the birth of Christ? Several million years. Several million to... years before the birth of Christ. <laughs> the Ghost of Christmas Past, the Mesozine era. The Ghost of Christmas Past is the only thing they've got there. Well, it's just like Dinosaur Train. Dinosaur Train on PBS has a winter solstice celebration. However, they like use holly and red and green. And right, of course. It's like, it, it's, it's a very Starbucks Christmas. It's, it's like, the war on Christmas. It's like a Wookiee life for you, okay? Jesus Christ. My daughter actually asked me, <laughs> do they celebrate Christmas in the Star Wars universe? And I said, no, they don't. They celebrate Wookiee Life Day. <laughs> and when you're old enough to understand irony, you and I are going to sit and watch that entire special. <laughs> uh, why would you subject it to that? Because Do you I, want to turn her off to Star Wars? No, I don't. But you know what? I don't believe in lying to my children. <laughs> With the exception of... I, I Santa? Hope, it's, a, it's a happy, harmless lie. <laughs> I love having Santa back in our house. I love bringing Santa in there. I think you should do a shout-out to another podcast. Yeah? I think you should do a shout-out to Josh and Chuck and their coverage of Star Wars Christmas. Oh, yes. Okay, last year, before we move on to uh, the horror that is a the Flintstones Christmas Carol... Um, if you don't, if you listen to a lot of podcasts and you just need another one to add to your list, uh, stuff you should know with Josh and Chuck last year did an entire retrospective on the Star Wars Christmas uh, special. I never heard him laugh so. <laughs> well, most of the jokes in- involving the production of this thing involved huge rooms filled with blow. <laughs> so it was. There were the, the only name on the door was Carrie Fisher. <laughs> Yeah, definitely check that out. If you know, if you're if you're listening to us on the Stitcher app, go find them there too, and go back to last year's episode. It was it was great. 
Um, I'm still happy in believing that it doesn't exist. That happy little okay, life that's your me. happy little life for you. It's kind of yeah. like how I treat um, the Jim Carrey Grinch. Yeah. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Yeah, my kids will never know the uh, the existence of that terrible. Well, now that we have Spotify, things are better. But previously, Andy used to have all the Christmas music on shuffle. Yeah. On the you know like on the back in the iPod days. Yeah. And I'd try to listen to beautiful Christmas music as I was doing Christmas tasks, and of course. C-3PO singing Christmas in the Stars frequently. <laughs> and I'd have to get up and turn the thing off. And Scarlett would be like, what's that? Phantom Menace ain't got nothing on the childhood raping that, uh, <laughs> that <laughs> the Star Wars Christmas album had. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, A Flintstones Christmas Carol is just plain bad. bad. I've never bad. seen it. Oh, you have to watch it once. bad. It, I mean, you have to watch it once. Solely to wonder what in the goddamn hell is going on in this movie. So what's the plot? Who's Scrooge? Uh, Scrooge is Fred. Of course. Yes. I, why I, not? I love I love how my best friend here insists that oh this thing is terrible. You need to watch it. You know what it is? It's like that Geico commercial with the raccoons. Oh, this thing tastes awful. You gotta try it. Have a taste. No, no, no. You got a sensitive palate. Mike, no, you gotta I'm, eat it. I, Mike, I'm not doing my job as your friend if you don't experience the highs and the lows. The Lolo Lows. The depths of darkness. Why do no, we... but there's a limited amount of time. I understand that. that. I understand, Mike, you're not wanting to waste your valuable free time watching... Garbage. Crap. Thank you. All right. Thank you. But one day, you're going to find it on YouTube and be like... I still think you need to watch you know Game of Thrones, though. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, boobs. Okay? That's all you need to know. Boobs, boobs and dragons. Boobs. Boobs. Alright, next well, up I'm on getting, I'm getting my boob fix from Westworld. Come on. No. The Game of Thrones boobs are better. Yeah. And they're real. They're and they're more Android. plentiful. <laughs> they're not androids. Alright, can we move on to nineteen ninety six? Again, this is a Catherine ad. A Solstice Carol from Xena, Warrior Princess. <laughs> I, lo I love Z I, I love Xena. I, I, wa yeah, I don't I think I've ever seen this. I watched a lot of Xena, but I didn't watch this. I, didn't, I don't remember watching so this. So I'm assuming that she learns the error of her ways from the uh, no, Ghost no, no, of Solstice no, no, no. Past. This, this present. wasn't her. She wasn't the, the Ebenezer Scrooge in this one. I, re I read a synopsis. Basically, she meets a king that's kind of like ruling, ruling her, his subjects with an iron fist. And she, I, I don't know, she... Teach them the spirit of Christmas somehow, I guess. No, it's a, a spirit of solstice, because, again... Oh, yeah. Christ. Ancient Greece. Ancient yeah. Greece. Is it ancient Greece? Well, it's the same place as Hercules. Yeah, so yeah. ancient Greece. I mean, ancient Greece. All right. Area. Which was still before Christ. Right. Yes. Moving on. Cool. All right, 1999. Uh, Patrick Stewart's A Christmas Carol. Now, this is one that has, like, three lives to it. Yeah, this this one is my favorite. This actually, this one right here is my favorite straight up version of a Christmas Carol. Okay, now um, friend and contributor to the show, uh, Dave McLean, actually said I saw Patrick Stewart's one man show at SUNY Purchase. I had front row center seats. It was the most amazing theater experience of my life. To which I had to reply hashtag jealous. Yeah, because I was at Purchase the year before, yeah. so I totally missed this. Ugh! Um, I guess he did every single role on it. It's a one-man show. Yeah. It's exactly a one-man show. I actually saw him performing just like a couple little, a couple of lines. I think it was on the Tonight Show or Late Night with David Letterman, and him just going back and forth with it. 
Yeah, you can. You can. Uh, I believe you can find the audio version of this on online. Somewhere. Yeah, that's the thing. There's an audio book version of it. Yeah. He also does and does all the voices. Yeah. I think what makes this one interesting is this is one of the few that gives Scrooge an inner life. Yeah. Like in most of the versions, it's like he's mean. He's always been mean. Oh, it was tough when he was a kid, but he was always mean. Where Patrick Stewart's version is. You see him become Scrooge. Yeah. It's not just that one scene where the woman dumps him. It's like he gets progressively worse, but you, you see that he wasn't always. He wasn't yeah, always right. a bad guy. The character yeah. is much deeper. Huh. My, well, my favorite... I'm surprised I've not seen this because I'm such a Patrick Stewart fan. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've actually... I bought it on DVD uh, um, last year or the year before. We bought it on DVD. I have no idea what happened to our copy my of it. My mother has it. She does? The only flaw in this one is the special effects look kind of TBS-y? Yeah. <laughs> if they had a better budget, it would be great. My, my favorite bit from this one, that uh, this is the only one I've seen this this part in, is that like, after he um, after like he wakes up on Christmas Day, after the, he's gone through all the ordeals, like, he starts to laugh but he's like he's forcing laugh because he 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 hasn't laughed so long yeah. he's forgotten how to do it <laughs> so he's slowly relearning how to laugh and it's just a it's a beautiful scene because it's just showing you that he actually is trying to change the shadows and the things that would have been can be dispelled they will be i know they will <sighs> Yeah, I gotta watch this again. I just I can't find it anywhere. I'm sure it's in my mother's basement. All right. So, in other words, we're better off just borrowing Mike's copy of it. Oh, you come. You, I'm, I'm not at work tomorrow. I'll be there Friday. No, sorry. Um, I seem to remember. Is there a scene in this one where he's he's not fully old yet, but like it shows him foreclosing on Fezziwig? I seem to remember this. There's like a memory, and it's so it's so harsh because he. I think he forecloses on Fezziwig. Like Fezziwig hits hard times, and he like buys out his business and says something along the lines of you haven't spent all your money on fun and locks festive Christmas parties you would have been a better businessman I don't remember hmm. uh, it's entirely I'm, possible I don't think I'm making it up no no, no. I don't think you are either yeah I, the, only, the only like foreclosure of a loved one I remember was in Mickey's Christmas Carol when he forecloses on um on Belle yes um yeah I, I need to watch this one again hmm. so if you would be so kind sir sure thank you Next up, I can't believe I forgot this one. I actually put this one in as we were recording. 2005, NBC presented Christmas Carol the Musical with Kelsey Grammer as Scrooge. Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge. Merry Christmas, sir. Every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled in his own pudding and buried with a stink of holly through his heart. I drank a whole bottle of Pinot Grigio that night. Yeah. Was it live? No, it wasn't live. This is before they were doing the live performances okay. of all those other terrible things. No, this was they had they had done heavy heavy promotion during the Macy's parade. And I think it was that weekend. It had such great potential. It had unbelievable potential. I mean, Jesse L. Martin, 
who, if you don't know that he can sing, he's an amazing singer. Oh, yeah, he was Chris's cousin, right? Yeah. yeah. If all of your knowledge of Jesse L. Martin is from The Flash or Rent. Law and Order, yeah, Rent. he was in Rent, for God's sakes. That's a great singer. But he plays Joe, right? He's Joe, yeah. Joe Allen. Well, I mean, in the in the alternative timeline, he's a lamb singer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, we watched this one, and we're like, this has got to be great. We love Kelsey Grammer. We love everybody in this thing, and then we watched it. And then, yes, Autumn is right. She drank an entire bottle of Pinot Grigio. To forget. We kind <laughs> of, yeah, it was Jason Alexander was Marley. Yeah. So if that gives you any idea right there, that, you yeah. know. And we're just like, I think I, I think we both just got drunk watching it because it was so bad. But, you know, you know when you start something, you know you have to fit, see it to the bitter end? Yeah. It's two hours with all the commercials and all that. So a lot of stuff got cut out. And, ugh. I don't really know if I have another word for it. Ugh. Yeah. It never re-ran again. Bad. Yeah, it's very sad. All right, finally on this list, before Mike gets into some of the very special TV episodes, uh, there's one more on this list, A Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey from 2009. You've never seen this. I did see it. Oh, you did? Yes, I remember. I seen, we I watched it because it was streaming on Netflix, but it was running through the Wii, uh, which essentially is just like 480 resolution. Yeah, right. yeah, and the right. entire time I'm watching it, we're watching it, Autumn's like, this is so much better in IMAX. So much better in IMAX. I will say, technically, in 3D IMAX, it's amazing. Like, when Christmas Present takes Scrooge up and they, like, fly out of London, you have this panoramic, like, view, like, you're flying over 19th century London. It's it's this beautiful, was, but this only works in 3D IMAX. This was another, this was, this was Robert Zemeckis. This is so one of the Zemeckis, so like. So this was, like. After Polar Express, right? This was yeah. um, it was after they Polar Express. The dead eyes. Yeah, it was oh, after okay. Polar Express and after Beowulf. But yeah, she's right. It's it's still the uncanny valley with those dead yeah, behind the yeah. eyes Especially animations. Because they made the characters look like the actors. Like Fred is voiced by Colin Firth, and he looked like Colin Firth. Yeah, well, I mean Polar like, Express. I mean, but like Colin Firth, everybody looked at Tom Hanks with the zombie right. eyes. And the worst thing about this that, that I found really disturbing is when Christmas Present dies. Yeah. He doesn't just, you know, in most versions he, like, he suddenly gets old. Yeah. He's like, oh, my time has come. In this, he has a heart attack, like a violent, painful cardiac arrest. He's gasping for air and writhing around on the ground. Nice. And then he turns into, like, a skeleton and he blows away in the wind. In 09. Yeah, the, you know, what, seven years ago, it disturbed yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it really was good in 3D. Which, unfortunately, they can't put about, on a poster. That's about all <laughs> I can say for that movie. Yeah, it's, it's not memorable. It's one of those things that I'm sure that there are some kids who are probably teenagers now that are like, this and the Jim Carrey Grinch are in their list of like, oh, I watch these every year. I will say one oh, thing. Oh, God. It's actually, because it's animated, modern animation, it's probably the best, most accurate 
Ghost of Christmas Past I've ever seen because as it's written in the book, the Ghost of Christmas Past is kind of like a candle flame. Mm. And other versions try to do it where like it, the person's head is shining and right, the, yeah. the stuff's yeah. out. But they really actually, you know, CG animate like a I don't know, blue or yellow. It the ghost looks like a candle flame. It's 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 very well done. Yeah. It has it wasn't able to be done. You, you can't yeah exactly before. you can't do it with that. Yeah. If any kid, if any kids out there saying that Jim Carrey's uh, Grinch and Christmas, Christmas Carol, Carol is, you know, they're part of their part, part of the, yeah, part of the, then that's just a failure of character. Yeah. There's also a scary like death coach chasing scene because right. I think they needed to pad it. <laughs> Which is amazing because we've already discussed that a two sometimes a two hour version doesn't really fill all the beats. Right. Yeah. No. So a uh, ninety minute. You know, a 90-minute animated version. But yeah, the Dead Eyes. They never perfected that, no, they, by the they, way. No, they, it's like, they did well with um, Tintin, because essentially they just Tintin, created cartoon right, characters. Yeah, Tintin, yeah. They, it's exaggerated. You know? They're right. not supposed to be, look, human. Just, well, right. it makes no sense. I mean, by that point, this is years after Gollum had That's the Gollum issue. had realistic eyes. That's the issue. Gollum... And, but, um, Gollum, but Gollum isn't a really... It's, it's different when you're making a new creature versus a human. Right. A human analog. Because, right, because when you when you look at a human, you expect, there are certain things that your mind and brain expect. You know, it's... It, so when, like Andy says, you look at the dead eyes, it's like, whoa, I can't look at you. Oh, that's like watching the Polar Express. I can't watch that movie without the fear that, like, the Grim Reaper standing behind everybody. But, I mean, that's this is a big. It's a big thing in video games. I mean, oh, the Uncanny Valley is huge in video in games. Video games, you, you, you get to a certain point where I, it's not enjoyable because there's something wrong with the people on the screen. It, it's really only you only noticeable when they try to make them look realistic, though. Right, so, too something realistic. Like, something like, like Moana, where they're still. I mean, it looks real, but they're still kind of cartoonish. Even Frozen, the well, yeah, Frozen, the people's eyes looked. Good. But yeah, they're, right, but they're, they're cartoon. The they look they're cartoon, not, yeah, but they're not realistic. Right, they're, 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 real realistic. they're yeah. animated princesses. Their eyes are half of their face. Exactly. Right. Yeah. right. So, yeah. So, Mike, yeah. do you want to go over a few? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, a few the, very special TV episodes. Well, a very the, special episode of. There was an epigraph battle of history. Oh God. Donald Trump versus Ebenezer Scrooge. Ah! And they watch. did. They did actually go through. This was like two years ago. So, but they did actually go through the Ghost Christmas Past, Present, and Future. Um, <laughs> Ghost Christmas Past was like a J.P. Morgan. Christmas Present was Kanye West, and Christmas Future was normal. Um, but yeah, okay, there was a there's a Christmas Carol version of the real Ghostbusters animated show back in '86. Um, let me see here. What did they try to capture the? Uh... Okay, Marley in a box. <laughs> no, no, they they accidentally busted the three uh, Christmas ghosts. I figured, put them into the uh, yeah into the storage container. There is a, uh, J- a Jetsons Christmas Carol. Uh, there was an uh, Ebenezer Sanford from Sanford and Son. There was an episode called Bah Humbug from WKRP in Cincinnati. I'm a, surprised I don't remember that. A Keaton Christmas Carol from Family Ties. For whom the jingle bell tolls from a different world. A bionic Christmas carol from the Six Million Dollar Man. Starring Bigfoot as the uh, as the ghost of Christmas <laughs> present. Uh, Mel's Christmas Carol from Alice. Uh, there was Show Far So Good from 
Northern Exposure, which is instead of Christmas is Yom Kippur. Okay. Oh, now I'm surprised you didn't know about this What's one. What's that it one? It was a very special Christmas episode of Martin. Really? Yeah. Okay. And I'm sure it was handled with all the dignity and respect that that show gave to everything. Yeah, I'm sure. You know what I want to know? Yeah? I want to know if the publication of this book single-handedly killed the name Ebenezer. I think it did. Like, you never hear about anybody named Ebenezer. Right, exactly. Well, Ever you know, again. it's not like you hear a lot of people named Judas either. Or Adolf. Or Adolf. <laughs> right, there are certain names that get struck because of the association with one particular person with that name. It's all bad PR, man. Yeah. Bad marketing and bad PR. <laughs> you got any others, Mike? Uh, well, there is a uh, Barbie in A Christmas Carol. Okay. Bar Barbie is the female version of Ebenezer Scrooge. Sure she is. Yeah, okay. Um... <laughs> Oh, you low-class bitch. <laughs> <laughs> There's a novel written in 2009 called I Am Scrooge, A Zombie Story for Christmas, in which apparently Tiny, Tiny, Tim, Tiny Tim's death signals the zombie apocalypse. Like we Friday, actually... Friday Prejudice and Zombies. I don't know how far you got into it, because I only two got about 100 pages into it. Uh, there's a book called Mr. Timothy, which uh, covers Tiny Tim as an adult solving crimes. And uh, he still, he doesn't understand his relationship with his wealthy benefactor. No, but what I remember of that, his wealthy benefactor is a crazy eccentric who keeps Christmas year-round. Yeah. Literally has Christmas decorations and Christmas feasts year-round. The ghosts work too well! Dial it back. Dial it back, Ebenezer. Dial it back. There's a play that was actually performed in 2007, 2010. A Klingon Christmas Carol. Oh, God. <laughs> that, I mean, That's that, somebody's fanfic that just... You know yeah. what? This will make a great play. Uh, yeah. You know what, guys? My fanfiction isn't just about famous characters having sex with horses anymore. <laughs> I mean, Doctor Who did a Christmas Carol a few years ago. Well, of course they, they did. They do. I mean, come yeah. on. Um, Dickens in it? Uh, probably. <laughs> Actually, he did... Yes. I remember that one because it was like the second episode of the uh was it the Chris no, 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 that, that wasn't the Christmas Carol episode, but Dickens was in it was the Christmas second episode of Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. yeah. But that that wasn't this one. But so they made a the, there was a fan game made called uh, for Mega Man called Mega Man Christmas Carol, in which Mega Man gets his presents stolen by an evil Santa Claus and he has to fight four robot masters based on the four ghosts. What? Sounds like an episode of Futurama. No, no. Here's the thing. You know what? You want to make a Mega Man Christmas uh, Carol? You have the developers of that goddamn overly hard game be visited by three spirits. <laughs> it forces them to play the, the, the game, game over and over, over again. To the ghosts of games pass. I thought I was being clever. This is impossible. <laughs> this is just me. Oh, and, and actually, very recently, just this year, there was a My Little Pony Friendship is Magic episode. Oh, of course there was. Yeah. All right, now I got a couple of uh, parting thoughts here from uh, Steve at Acod on oh, Twitter. <laughs> no, actually, these are pretty good. I need more of this mold one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Once the Muppets cover something, it's pretty much that's when everyone should just stop. And in this case, he might be right. Um, that would exclude Patrick Stewart. That's though. true. You're right. You're right. Dick, and Dickens himself came to despise it. Like, Tchaikovsky hated the Nutcracker, and Sir Mix-a-Lot regrets the baby got back. <laughs> I 
don't know if he, <laughs> I don't know if he really regrets that, considering all the boatloads of money it's made for him. Yeah. Yeah, because now he gets asked to do all the uh, I love the uh, '90s things. Yeah. Did Dickens really come to despise her, or did Dickens just get tired of having to perform live readings of it? Probably that was there's, the case. There's that, a difference between despising something you wrote and just being tired of having to you know sing the same song at every single concert. Or like Mandy Patinkin having to do the um, My name is Doesn't Nina really Montoya. Yeah. According to according to his interviews, he doesn't hate doing it. He just only does it once. Right. Actually, according to uh, the Doctor Who episode with Dickens. Yeah, that's exactly the thing. He he hated doing the uh, doing that the recitation. Yeah, right. recitation. He hated reciting. It doesn't mean he hated. Oh, I'm his sure. I'm, I'm sure he loved it. And, I mean, yeah, he, 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 I'm sure he loved the royalty checks he kept. Getting. Yeah, the book, yeah. The book is only like sixty pages long. Yeah. And I made. I bet he made a lot of money off of that. Now, I'm sure he did. Because you're always told in English class that Dickens was paid by the word. This is one of his shortest pieces. Right. And it wasn't written like Oliver Twist was, like in installments. Yeah, serialized. Yeah. Like, really? I thought this was. It can't be. It's too short. Yeah. I, th- I thought like each ghost was. Well, maybe it was. I, I don't know. I haven't read this book in forever. Yeah. I think the last time I actually read this book from start to finish, I was in like eighth grade. I just love how it starts with. Um, Marley, Marley was, was dead. dead. No, no, but and then it goes on to, to saying that is a doornail. Now, not that the doornail is a is the most dead form of nail. I mean, you think a coffin nail would be worse, but. <laughs> and that sounds like someone being paid by the word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. also very funny. I, I, the guy, the guy could write humor. Yeah. No, oh, I, I'm a Dickens fan. I enjoy watching Dickens performed. Reading Dickens. Not was, so much. It's very wordy. Listening to, I've been listening to David Copperfield on audio book, and that's really Copperfield with two with two P's. With two P's. Yes. <laughs> But listening to Dickens read or watching it performed is awesome. But reading it, maybe it's just flashbacks to high school. It's just like tedious. It's tedious. Yeah, yeah. it is very tedious. Yeah, it, is. it is. But the man was an excellent character writer. And oh yeah, yeah. The descriptions are awesome. The fact that the fact that there are so many versions of this tiny book that he wrote, you know, a hundred and seventy something years ago, and people are still making it is just testimony that, you know, he was pretty brilliant. Hey. When you've made a when you've made a play that gets adapted by My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, you've hit the big time. Too bad he's not around to see it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think he'd be a big fan of Rainbow, Rainbow Dash. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, great great episode, guys. I, I always love our Christmas episodes. Yeah. I love these. I go back every year and listen to some of our better Christmas episodes. I don't tend to do it with the Halloween episodes because I just love Christmas more. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I, I was re-listening to the Rankin and Bass episode today. So, and if you want to listen to any of our past uh, Christmas episodes, download the Podbean app right on the Android or, a- or Apple Store. That is a masterful segue. Yeah, it was. Thank you very much. <laughs> Smooth. Yep. Just set up an account, and you can actually check out. Um, practically every episode, every episode that was ever on the Podbean site, as well as about 20 episodes that we did, we recorded on the old My Podcast site. Aren't they all there by now? They're not all there. We're still missing a few, but they're like the lesser episodes. Dang, I gotta look up for that. The ones we don't talk about. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, next episode, guys. Actually, let me ask you guys a question. What are you guys doing for Christmas this year? Just staying home? Family? Same yeah. thing I do every Same year. Try, Try to, to take, take over, over the world. world. <laughs> <laughs> they're pinky, they're pinky, I'm the brain, 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 brain. Pretty much.
Yeah. Kids asking for anything in particular this Nintendo year? What's the big What's the big Christmas gift this year, Joe? Nintendo 3DS. Really? Yep. Now I'm assuming that's just for Sophia. The boy too. The boy wants a 3DS. Does the boy know how to handle a 3DS? Oh yeah, no, he plays with a PS4 all the time. You What's you, a 3DS? 3DS is one of the handheld Game Boys. It's a, yeah, it's a, like a Three, 3D without glasses. Yeah, it's stereoscopic 3D, so it's a Game Boy. It's a Game Boy. Yeah, it's a, it's a high, it's a very advanced and expensive Game Boy. Mm. Have fun with that, buddy. Oh uh, yeah. My kids ask for simple things this year. Nanny. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. What do our kids ask for this year? Uh, Scarlett wants a chocolate pen. Chocolate pen. Yeah. Scarlett wants a chocolate pen and a cotton candy maker. A chocolate pen? It's a pen that writes in chocolate. What obesity epidemic? Luckily, <laughs> <laughs> Grammy has already bought the chocolate pen. Oh, thank God oh, for my dad God. and his wife. Oh, my God. They buy the gifts we won't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, just, I just want you to see you come home one day and see you on the couch. <laughs> Are you supposed to write, like, draw pictures with it? I don't have a problem. Like, what, lick it? <laughs> you see, you're like, I don't have a problem. <laughs> I'm quitting the way one. <laughs> no, Scarlett's big present this year she asked for was, like, a ballet set for the Calico Critters. Oh. And uh, Jamie doesn't really ask for stuff, so we get him a workbench. <laughs> Putting him to work. The kids had a free ride for far too long. <laughs> Did someone say Dickens? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Dickens Three. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah. So anyway, um, pretty much with the exception of maybe doing like a year-end video review uh, towards the end of the year. This is it for 2016. Yeah. We right. bid the shitty year adieu. Oh, thank God. Are we, are we going to talk at, at all about the Transformers trailer? You know what? We have a couple of minutes. Before we should wrap up, it sucks. It's Shit. awful. Shit bag. Let me let me just po pause it. This. How could you have a three minute trailer with tons and tons of explosions and still make it boring? Yeah, it was boring. Oh God, why are you doing this, Michael Bay? Hey, hey, hey! Guardians of the Galaxy two. Oh, thank you. I need that in my life now. I'm sorry <laughs> I didn't get a chance to. Do the video chat with you guys. But yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I need that in my life right now. The Mummy. I'm so glad to see that Tom Cruise is contractually obligated uh, feature of having to run unnaturally <laughs> in a movie. That streak remains intact. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think there's enough interest. Don't find there. a silver lining in this, Mike. It's going to be shit and you know it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm actually looking forward to it. Mainly because... The Mummy is a great place for them to start off their Universal Mummy, Universal Mo Monster Movie okay. franchise. Cause Wait, is this like the same Mummy that Brendan Fraser was? No, no, it's a new it's Mummy. A yeah, yeah. Well, because I mean, the Mummy is a proven money maker. Yeah. And so, yeah, are you going to start with Dracula, who has been very hit or miss? Well, what was that Dracula movie miss? with uh, Luke? Um, Luke Evans. Luke Evans. Yeah. I, I supposedly that's that's actually the start. Luke, no. not Orlando Bloom after, Evans. After that, completely <laughs> plummeted in, in the box office. He's like, no, nah, we'll start with the movie instead. Which I think is smart. Yeah, but yeah, Transfivers. Oh God, looks terrible. Yeah, I, I saw one, two, and three all in the theaters. After that, even, I was like, you know what? Even, I'm not buying it anymore. Even well, even John Campia, who says the Transformers trailers usually get him excited. 
He's like, I'm not excited for this. No. It's like, because you know, I mean, after the fourth one, you just, you I, know, I, you, I know you're gonna, get, you know, you know, you know, it's going to be a steaming pile of dog shit. But it's got Nazis and Merlin. Oh, for the love of all that. Yes, you heard that right, honey. Merlin. From King Arthur. Is Merlin on the same side as the Nazis, or is he... We don't know! But we do know what they did was Michael Bay decided to put put Nazi Nazi flags on the home of Winston Winston Churchill. Churchill. Not CG, like he does with every other goddamn thing in the movie. He actually put Nazi flags on the the childhood home of Winston Churchill. Blenheim Palace? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah, there were oh, that really went that, over well with that, the Brits. That yeah. rose a few eyebrows. Wow. Yeah. They're like, get you, old chap, get you. Mm-hmm. Now get the hell out. So, all right. Well, anyway, next episode after our our year end reviews and all that fun stuff, we start 2017 with a cosmic bang. We are going to talk about the current crop of live comic book television shows. Which I'm finally getting caught up on. Finally. <laughs> Yay. So that's going to include all the stuff on the CWDC universe, like the Flash, Arrow, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, it's Supergirl. It's the Arrowverse. Arrowverse. Um, maybe Gotham, which even I stopped watching. And um, How can I, I, can, I, can, I that's can't watch be, a show where I know they're not going to show Batman. That's, yep. that's going to be the shortest part of that episode because yeah. nobody's going to have anything to say. As start. well as the ABC Marvel family and, of course... Netflix. 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 Yeah. Netflix owns. No contest. Anyway, so if you've got anything you want us to talk about, any observations you've had about any of those uh, shows, you can email us at geeksaladradio at gmail.com, or you can post something on our Geek uh, Geek Salad page on Facebook, Geek Salad Podcast, or on Twitter, at Geek Salad Radio. Um, Yeah, and if you want to listen to any of our previous episodes, download the Stitcher app. Go to iTunes or, as we mentioned before, the Podbean app where you can get all of the episodes. So, until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Andy. I'm Andy, too. I'm Andy. (laughs) And I'm Andy. Go forth, be nerdful, and Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays, y'all. Like Christmas. It feels like Christmas. Christmas has an H in it, Mr. Oh. Borick. And an R. <laughs> Also an I and an S. Also a T and M and A. And another S. Oh, and you've missed out the C at the beginning. <laughs> Congratulations, Mr. Baldrick. Something of a triumph. I think you must be the first person ever to spell Christmas without getting any of the letters right at all.